and welcome to the Truth and Grace Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Russ, and I want to thank you for joining me today. On Truth and Grace, we tackle tough topics in the Christian church, and we do it by strengthening believers through God's word and pointing to his abundant grace. I don't sugarcoat it over here, but I do hope to wrestle with the messy in grace. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I want to ask for your help. If you enjoy this show, would you mind subscribing and leaving a review? By doing both, you greatly help this show in its visibility and getting it out there to more people. So please consider helping with a subscribe and a review. In addition, consider becoming a Patreon supporter and help sustain this ministry through a monthly gift. It can be as little as $5 a month and every giver gets a special, gets multiple special free gifts. And so not only are you doing good and you're helping, but you're getting something in return. And you can learn more about that in my show notes. Now, this month's episode is a little bit different. Normally I tackle tough topics, maybe that we don't necessarily talk about in the church enough or haven't been talked about well. But this month, the month of October is uh, Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month. And so I want to talk to the people out there who experience the loss of a little one or maybe someone in your family or a friend or someone that you know has experienced this loss. One in four women experience miscarriage. It's, it happens quite a bit, unfortunately, but it's also something that many people wrestle with alone because Maybe they're thinking they did something wrong or, you know, they failed as a woman or it's shameful or the pain is so deep that maybe people won't understand. There's so many reasons why. And it's important to talk about this so that women don't feel alone. And so I want to talk about miscarriage on this episode for the people who are wrestling with that. Um, it's a difficult loss. And if you have experienced that sort of pain and that sort of loss, I just want to tell you, I am so, so sorry for your pain and so sorry for your loss. There's nothing that I can say that's going to make it better, but my prayer is that God would speak through this to give you some encouragement and perhaps give you a little bit of hope and direction. I have lost a child. And I understand where you might be coming from. And what I want to do is I want to share what I learned about God and how I found God in my miscarriage. I had a son, a perfectly healthy son, um, in 2017 and like literally just a, a couple months after he turned one, Roman was like a year and like three months. Uh, we were not trying. In fact, we were not trying. And I found out that I was pregnant. It was a really, really difficult season for my husband and I, The some of the most difficult months we've ever been through. And honestly, we weren't planning for it. But when I found out I was pregnant, I was so excited. I was so elated. Um, this was uh, genuinely and definitely definitely a bright light just in the difficulty we were going through. And I was so excited. Um, the baby would have been born like a month before Roman turned two. So they could have grown up together and been close in age. But, um, I went for my first ultrasound. Everything looked great at eight weeks. Um, but they, 
weren't able in that ultrasound. They did the heartbeat, but they were they didn't date the baby at that point um, with the tools that they had. So they had me ask me to come in like two weeks later and to get a dating ultrasound. So I went in for my dating ultrasound. Um, I was a little, it was about 10 weeks and I went in and I remember laying there and the ultrasound tech didn't say anything. I thought that was kind of weird, but I thought, well, you know, maybe she, you know, she just doesn't know me. And, and so, um, she's like, okay, well your midwife will call you. And I was like, oh, okay. The next morning I was driving to work and I saw my midwife pop up on my color ID and I just, I something didn't feel right. I just was nervous. And I picked up the phone and my miss, my midwife told me I had lost the baby, that there was no heartbeat at the ultrasound, um, that the baby had stopped growing at nine and a half weeks. And I, I literally just let out a sound I've never uttered before. I was just devastated, devastated. I never, like, I, didn't think that that would happen. You know, I had had a perfectly healthy pregnancy the first time and I thought, oh, you know, this would be fine and this would be great. And I just was so shocked and so taken aback by it. And I was supposed, to, I was on my way to work and I just, I turned around and went home. I couldn't, like I couldn't go to work. And I just remember walking into the living room and collapsing on the couch and just bawling and not really leaving the couch for the rest of the day. Um, it was, it was brutal. And I carried that baby for about two weeks before I miscarried in the bathroom. And I was able to, um, scoop up the body and we had the most beautiful burial for our little one. But, um, you know, when I found out, I was really angry. I questioned God, like, where are you, God? Why would you allow this to happen? What did I do wrong? Why would a good God do this? You know, I really wrestled with God and I really struggled with why did this happen? And so, um, but in the midst of my loss and suffering, God showed me three things I want to share with you today. That my prayer is that this will help you to find God in the midst of your suffering and your pain, and that God would speak tenderly to you through these words. Um, you know, it doesn't make it better, but my prayer is that it would encourage you. It's what I clung to in my own pain and suffering. The first is this God is still good. God is still good. When you've lost a baby, Initially for many, God's goodness is questioned. I did. You know, you start wondering, why did a good God take my baby? But y'all, I did start to see God's goodness, the pain. I did start to see that. Actually, the day I lost my baby, my best friend, she shared something with me that really struck me. She reminded me that God was not the one pulling the strings of destruction in this world. That's the enemy. That's the enemy that brings death and destruction. He is the one. But God, God was there. He was not the one causing the suffering, but he was but he was in the midst of it with me. He is there in the good. He is watching, moving, and waiting with arms wide open, ready to comfort. Although in dark times, you know, we want to pull away from him. That's our 
human nature. We want to pull away from God when it gets tough, but it's in these times that we actually must press in even harder. Pressing in is where we find him and hear that intimate, good voice, his goodness, because God is good. What we've been through doesn't change his nature. It doesn't change the fact that he is good. Um, God is good and he does work all things for good, even if we can't see it. And so know that God is weaving, taking your pain and he's weaving this, weaving into this beautiful tapestry with the other things going on in your lives. And your, your child still has purpose, you know? And so, you know, this, um, is beautifully actually illustrated in Romans chapter eight in the message, Romans eight verses 26 through 28. And when I read this version of the verse after losing my child, I actually didn't read it very long after losing my little one. I was blown away by the words. And I want you to listen to this Romans chapter eight. Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, God's spirit is right alongside helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in and for us, making prayer out of our wordless sighs, our aching groans. He knows us far better than we know ourselves, knows our pregnant condition, and keeps us present before God. That's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. Believe me. When I say I know, it's hard to see how good can come from your loss. But who knows why your baby passed on but God? You know, maybe there wasn't something right. We, I mean, we don't know. But at the end of the day, you still get to be a mom or a dad to that beautiful child. And there is good to be found in that. There's love. There's that, that child's life brought you joy in this world. Like your child still has purpose. God is still good. I want you to remember to that because the enemy will try to convince you that God is not good, but your loss and your pain, it doesn't change his nature. And he wasn't the one just pulling those strings of death and destruction. That's the enemy, but God is still good. And I want you to cling to that. The second is this. Jesus mourns with us. The first verse that I actually thought as I was, it was the day I lost the baby and I was just, I was angry at God and I was upset and I was throwing all these accusations his way. And I remember I was just laying on the couch and I was crying and then God whispered two words so clearly to my heart. It was John eleven thirty five. Jesus wept. And all my mind could recall in that grief was that Jesus wept, that he weeps with me. It's the shortest verse in the Bible, but it's within those two words are some of the most compassionate and empathetic words that you will find in scripture. Jesus knew Lazarus was gone, but he also knew his dear friend was about to be brought back to life. So why did he, why did he even weep? It's likely that he wept because he saw and and understood the grief that those he loved around him were experiencing, right? Many were mourning the loss of Lazarus, and Jesus knew the depths of those wells of grief that they were experiencing. He felt that loss that they were feeling as well. He felt all the pain, every ounce of it. He loved Lazarus, 
And although life was ahead, he knew that Lazarus was going to be raised from the dead. The cost of death was still very real in that moment. He still felt the pain of those around him. In our grief, we are not alone. In your mourning, you share in it with another. You don't mourn alone. Jesus wept for Lazarus, but he also weeps along with you in your grief. He mourns with those who mourn because although he knows that hope is ahead and that death has been conquered, grief is still part of the journey on earth, that death is real, even if temporary, and that in the journey, we go through depths of anguish and loss that rip at the soul, but he feels it too. Every ounce of the pain is taken in and felt by him. Friend, you are not alone. You are not alone. I want you to remember that as Jesus wept, with Mary 2,000 years ago at the death of her brother, Jesus weeps with you as well in your pain and in your grief. I want you to tap into that intimacy with him. And I want you to tap into your tribe. Um, but know that he truly bears your loss with you. And only he truly understands what you are going through. And so lean on him. And then the third is this. Ask the right question. Ask the right question. You know, there are a lot of people in the Bible who suffered. But when I think of utter loss, I think of Job, right? Job suffered incredible loss. He too grieved his children's passing. In the grief, he questioned and he wondered like many of us do. But he asked the wrong questions and repented when God called him out for it. Let's look at, um, I'm going to read to you Job chapter 42, starting in verse one. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have uttered what I do not understand, things too wonderful for me, which I do not know. Hear and I will speak. I will question you and you make it known to me. I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see you. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. Essentially, what happened was Job was questioning God. And then God asked him, where were you when the universe was created? Did you order everything to be? God alone understands all the intricacies of this vast creation and why things happen. So who is Job to call into question what the creator does? And who are we to question that as well? Right? I, I think it's so interesting. And I love this. that Job says, I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear. Now, Job was known to be a, a man of God. That's why the enemy went after him. He had heard about God, but it wasn't until he went through suffering that he truly was able to have his eyes open to see who the Lord was. Now, let me say this before we go on. It is okay to express your doubt and to proclaim your frustration, okay? Like God is not surprised by your heart thoughts and he is big enough to take them. However, at some point you have to let go of all the wrong questions and shift your mind to proceed with the right questions. You know, we want to ask, why God? We want to ask him, why God in our hardship? We want to question him and his goodness. This is normal when loss strikes, but this is the wrong question, the one that leads many of us astray. Instead, a better question to ask is this, God, what can I learn about you 
about myself and about life as a result of this season? God, what can I learn about you, myself, and life as a result of this season? There is so much treasure to be found in our trials and our tribulations. It's the storms that forge a more authentic and mature version of ourselves and where we can find God most intimately. So instead of pulling away and doubting, press in and ask the hard question. Uncover the value that can only be found right here, right now in this storm. What can you learn about his character and what can you learn about yourself? What nugget of wisdom regarding a flourishing life can be found in this loss? Don't waste your anguish. Okay, use this to forge a closer relationship with God, a better you, and a more fruitful life. And trust that God has everything worked out for a purpose, a good purpose. The only real comfort I have found in my grief is knowing that my baby is with Jesus that he or she will never have to know loss or pain or cold or grief or disappointment or sorrow, that all their soul will ever know is joy in the presence of God. And that's a beautiful gift for them. They'll never have to struggle. Your baby will never have to struggle and ache for their eternal home because they are already there with the Father. In addition, although I won't be able to embrace this beautiful soul now, one day I will. Our meaning is only delayed, not robbed. Our meanings with our ones we have lost are only delayed. They aren't robbed. And if you are a believer, yours isn't robbed. One day you'll get to throw your arms around your precious baby and snuggle up to him or her and give them the best and biggest hug. And in the meantime, we can still celebrate that child's life. Sometimes we want to forget because it's painful, but I would encourage you to celebrate, celebrate your child's life. They are still a part of the family. I tell people I have two kids, one's here and one's with the father in heaven. They are still a part of the family just as much as you are or your spouses or your other children. And so allow yourself to feel that they are still a part of the family. Um, we have a family day on the day of the birth, um, the day that our baby would have been born in May, May 10th. We have a family day um, to remember our child on that day and to celebrate our family. You know, we um, cherish that child. And so Every year on May 10th, we have a family day and we celebrate being a family and we, we remember that one. And I keep a picture of the ultrasound, the one picture I have. I keep that in my home with me. Like, celebrate your child's life. Don't forget it. Don't forget him or her. Allow yourself to feel that and allow yourself to go there and to make that child a part of your life. Again, if you've experienced the loss of a child, let me just say I'm so sorry. I know how it feels to lose a part of yourself with that precious one. How grief penetrates within your soul to a depth never reached before. How you feel you might never be the same. How you've questioned and doubted. Please know, although the darkness is overwhelming, there is light. There is goodness and hope to be found. 
there is a beautiful and loving God who wants to scoop you up into his strong arms and hold you close. And in this crazy, unforgiving world, you still get to be the parent to that beautiful soul. Amen. Whew, that was a good one. I pray that those words were helpful and encouraging. I do have something I want to share with you. I'm sharing it here first before I share it anywhere else. I just signed a book contract to write a devotional for a publisher. It's um, 60 Devotions for Healing After Miscarriage. And so if you hear this, you can look for that. It's releasing in April 2021. And it's 60 devotionals that will guide you through the journey of healing when you've lost a little one. So look out for that April 2021. Um, and if you have someone you know that's going through that, you can purchase the book and give that to them as well. I just want to thank you for being here. I know that this is a hard topic, but I pray that it has been so just encouraging to someone who really needed to hear it. That's a wrap for this show. Thank you for joining me today. If this podcast is ministering to you or you think others might find it interesting, please subscribe and leave a review. A review helps this podcast grow, which helps to get the word out to more people. You can also become a regular contributor to the show and to Truth and Grace Ministries through Patreon, and you can find a link to my page in the show notes. Tune in again next month as we tackle tough topics in Truth and Grace. In the meantime, you can find more information about me, read weekly devotionals, and find out what I'm doing around the web at BrittanyRest.com. I'll see you next time.